Hey guys, welcome back to the Woodworking Podcast. My name is Nick Ferry. I can be found at nickferry.com. Today I'm joined with Jay Bates of jayscustomcreations.com. Unfortunately, April could not make it this week, and uh, but she can be found at uh, wilkerdews.com. Before we get into our special guest, which I'll let Jay uh, talk about, uh, we'll thank the contributors from last week over on PayPal. We had TJ Hopkins and Brent Albrecht. And the Patreon contributors, we're already establishing a decent list here, so thank you all. We definitely really appreciate that. But uh, uh, we have St. Nickster, uh, Christopher Michael Copes, Terry Burns Dyson, Paige Bonifaci, Bonifucci, bon, I apologize if I get that wrong, <laughs> Fred McIntyre, Darren Pruitt, Don Cheeser, George Thomas, and Nicholas Gomez. So thank you all so very much. And uh, we've been getting a couple emails as far as the Patreon thing. Don't be surprised if it kind of changes around a little bit. Uh, neither myself nor April nor Jay are really experienced in the Patreon thing. So oddly enough, nobody's even been charged yet. So I, because <laughs> I, I didn't even realize that you have to do something for that. I, I just thought <laughs> the magical fairies out in the internet just took care of that. And uh, so uh, I added a couple different tiers, so definitely check that out if you guys are interested. Patreon.com forward slash The Woodworking Podcast. And like I said, April is not joining us this week, so we do have a special guest, and I'll let Jay uh, get into that. And that uh, special guest is John Peters from John Peters Art and Home. You probably know him on uh, YouTube. I've been following him for, gosh, a couple years, I guess. You know, the very first video uh, before I get too far the very first video of yours that i saw that i remember was building the trusses uh on that platform that you have outside and then um but anyway john peters from uh john peters art and home uh anything from woodworking to beekeeping to painting and now a little bit of cooking uh basically anything that's for around the home uh but like i said i've been following you for quite a while now and this is an actual first kind of like face-to-face -face conversation we've had so this is really cool for me as well but how you doing? Hey, man, it's great to uh, great to talk to both you and Nick J. And uh, it'd be nice to talk to April. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss her. I'm sure everybody out there will miss her. But it's uh, it's great to be here. The whole uh, audio podcast thing is just blown up. It's it's pretty cool. Um, so you have recently added an outdoor kitchen to around your shop area, and are also adding some some cooking shows. I think you're going to be doing one. I think. Uh, you'll be making one, you said, as this podcast will be released. Yeah, we're, we're trying to do one cooking show a month. My business partner, he's a, a former uh, ad executive, and uh, so he, the way he works with me is we work with clients, and then he writes proposals, and I can just continue to make uh, woodworking and art and things like that. So anyway, it turns out that he's a, a fantastic food guy or cook. I don't think you can call him a chef. I don't know how that works. But anyway, uh, he just knows about food. So I thought, yeah, let's do a food show. And usually when we shoot the food show, he just starts cooking and I just hold the camera, have a beer. And uh, it's almost like a day off for me. I really enjoy it. So tomorrow we're going to uh, cook cedar, cedar plank salmon, which I've never had before. I was just talking to Nick and uh, Nick's very familiar with it, so I'm looking forward to it. Sounds delicious. If you ever need an assistant uh, camera person that just has to hold a camera and drink beer, I, I could probably pull that off probably at the same time. So in case you ever need if any you, help, if you were right next door, Nick, you'd be over. 
Oh, I'd, be fun. I'd, I'd book a plane ticket. <laughs> okay, we'll have to make that one work. <laughs> Let's see here. What else did we have in the notes for, for breaking news? Uh, you want me to take it, Jay, or do you got something you want to bring up? Go ahead. Um, this one was an interesting uh, topic. I was talking with uh, my friend, and he was talking about this surgery. And, how, and I don't know how, you know, thinking about how this has to do with woodworking, but he had kind of a botched surgery about 10 years ago with some sort of vacuum wound thing. And he was saying how it was the simplest things that they botched up. And then that got me thinking. I was in a motorcycle accident, uh, gosh, it was probably 15, 18 years ago. And I was on a a tube. There was a tube down my throat because my my body had gone into shock. Anyways, long story short, I felt this tube. Like each hour, it felt like it was coming up and out of my throat. And I told the nurses and the doctors and everybody... I'm like, hey, you know, this thing's coming out. And they assured me, no, 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 that they don't move. It's taped in place and all that. So my, the, what's the moral of this? It's the whole keep it simple, stupid thing. I told my uh, then girlfriend, now wife, I said, go get me a Sharpie marker. And I just put a, a mark right at the edge where the tube met my mouth. And sure as, sure as can be, an hour later, it was an inch further. An hour later, another half inch further. And huh. I showed this to the nurses and they're like, Oh, well, maybe it is moving. Well, had they listened to me the first time, they wouldn't have, have had to take the tube out and reinsert it. And I, I forget what it's called, but they have to stick a big metal retractor down your throat. It is not a pleasant experience. So it was simple as me grabbing a marker to prove that something mechanical was going on, that there was movement going on. So that would be my story for if it's out in the shop and you want to come up with some harebrained scheme as far as this, that, or whatever for something that this board might be moving, this clamp might, mark it down. Keep, keep whatever your solution is rather simple. I, th- I think that would benefit people. That sounds like a good one to me. Where did that come from? What, I, I, wrote, I, I write things down throughout the week that I'd like to talk about. <laughs> That was uh, a little bit out of left field, but okay. And we and we haven't had a podcast in like two or three weeks, so that one, I want to know how I want to know about the motorcycle accident. Were you driving? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was on my motorcycle, and a, a curb jumped out in front of me. So, and what kind of motorcycle? Dirt bike or road bike? Uh, a crotch rocket, a Kawasaki. Wow. Uh, yeah, six ZX six is what it was. Wow. I was doing probably, I don't know, I don't even know if I want to admit this, because then it makes me at fault, but I was going fast. Like 55 in a 50. Oh, I was going way faster than 55, <laughs> close to double 55. But. Okay. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, I ended up, you know, uh, I talked about this once on my channel, but so woodworking for me is, I have to be very careful with body movement, because I actually have four broken vertebrae in my back, Ooh. one and one in my neck. So uh, now that I got a lathe recently, it's been fun, but there's a whole lot of standing kind of hunched over. So that is, I have to limit that and I have to know, hey, about every 20 minutes I need to walk around, stretch and, and stuff like that. And yeah, so that's, that's been my woodworking, you know, I've, I've broken almost every bone in my body. No joke. I'm, I'm, I've probably broken 30 bones, I would say. Jeez. I've yeah. never been to the Not hospital good. for me. <laughs> I would Nothing I would always joke growing up to my dad because every every summer I was in a cast in a different part of my body and I'm like I'm like come on I'm like evil Knievel he's like no you're more like his inebriated cousin. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and then the only other thing I had to bring, well, I had a couple other things, but uh, um, I don't know if you guys have caught the new, the new MacGyver or if you guys were familiar with MacGyver in the, in the 80s. Well, the funny thing is I worked for a, a construction company called Sujin Construction. His brothers, Jim, Jim, Steve, and John. And uh, I guess they thought I looked like MacGyver, and they always <laughs> called me MacGyver on the job. Nice. It's funny. Did you have the mullet? I, I might have. It was probably in the, you know, the late 80s. So late 80s, yeah, late 80s, early 90s. Very um, cool. But uh, I, what were you going to say about MacGyver? I was just going to say that it, they had the, the new version out. I've yet to catch any of the new episodes, but that got me thinking to uh, what's popular on the show called MacGyverisms. And that's, uh, you know, basically I've talked about this before on the podcast about that improvise, adapt, and overcome. And just finding ways to have your tools work for you in the shop. If, you know, I, I, and honestly, this sounds weird to me, but I, I know of people that if they get a frayed cord or a, a split or a cut in their cord in their tool, I've seen people re, like throw it away and get a whole new tool. And it's like, come on, that's serviceable. You just, a little bit of knowledge here and you, you know, you can replace a cord, but so that just got me thinking about situational awareness a little bit more. And, and I, I have to say, I'm guilty of, of when the uh, the cord breaks on a tool. Sometimes, if I'm really hard up, I'll just stick the the um, the hot and the the line, the black and white line, into an an extension cord, tape oh, it up, wow. and then plug that in. There you go. It works. Yeah, it might not be. I mean, you want to make sure you're not going to get any you know sparks or or uh, arcs out of that, but Hey, when in a pinch, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, I was talking to Jay earlier today, and I said there's a difference between complainers and doers. Doers will find a way. Uh, a lot of the other people will sit back and, and say, "Well, no, I can't," or "No, I, you know, you're not supposed to." You know, that's fine. Just get out of the way for the people doing it. Complainers and, and doers. There's uh, another saying. There's the whys and the why nots. You know. Mm-hmm. Let's get it done for well, sure. Although, you know, that's the whys and the why not, you know, that why not can get you in trouble. That's, you know, what are the, what is that? How does that start where it's here? Hold my drink and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds dangerous. Sounds like a motorcycle accident. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the last thing I wanted to touch on is just that we're having our collaboration, Jay April and myself with the clocks coming out on Sunday. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I'm looking forward to that for sure. That was an interesting day. It was the last day of the Wisconsin trip, and all three of us, one shop, one day, three cameras, three projects. Uh, it was a little bit of, um, um, all right, be quiet while I record this for a second. All right, will you do this while I got to record this for a second? Uh, you know, being, kind of being in each other's way, but at the same time picking up on how each other's work, how each other, uh, how we work and whatnot. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to, forward to revisiting that day through both of your guys' videos, you, uh, Nick and April. Um, but also it's just, it's a, it was so cool to see like three completely different outcomes. Yeah. Uh, but before I jump off of this subject, uh, your keep it simple, uh, was that kiss? Keep it simple, stupid concept, yeah. you know, uh, your, your sander uh, holder you just made incredibly simple thank you yeah it was i don't even think i had 20 minutes into making that that project i mean i would have had less even yet if i didn't you know i'm trying to it's always hard now when you're videotaping stuff and and all three of us know that where 
now you try and give like what what do you think it would have taken had you not had to record it but i would say 10 to 20 minutes not recording that it would have been you know just some glued hardboard and i think that uh the camera, uh, often building something without the camera is like a treat. Absolutely. I built my outfeed table uh, shortly after I got back from Wisconsin. And I didn't record it because it was based on the same design of the plywood table we built while we were in Wisconsin. And it was just like every now and then I'd look around like I got to move the camera. Oh, yeah, the camera's not here right now. So it, it was. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a nice break from things when you when you are constantly recording stuff. Uh, speaking of which, though, I did a little bit of that this week. I I've, um, did a light restoration on a Stanley Bedrock uh, number 608 plane. I guess when they're that big, they're not called planes. They're called jointers. There's a lot of uh, terminology people are correcting me on, which is fine. Um, but it is a Type 5 or Type 6, and the dates are from 1911 to 1913, depending on uh, if it's all original or not, all original or not. Uh, it's not mine. It belongs to my neighbor, but he said I could borrow it and use it, whatever, as long as I wanted to. So I was like, yeah, I'll clean it up for you. And uh, man, it's the first time I've used a plane that large. It is so, so stinking cool. But other than that, I haven't really been doing much woodworking in the shop this week. Uh, of course, last week I didn't either because of uh, catching up on some Wisconsin videos. And then this week... Uh, like I said, I was working on that plane, shooting some tool talk videos, and then also editing the video for this coming Sunday. So next week, I'll be glad to start making a mess in here again. That'll be a welcome treat. Um, Can you say what you're going to be building? <laughs> I would if I if I knew what it was. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I've got a list. I've of, been there. I'm so bad about that. I've got a list of things that need to be done, a list of things that I want to get done, a list of things that my wife wants me to get done. And it's, it's always just like the vast majority of the time, it's just a, you just pick it out at the last minute. Like, okay, well this seems fitting for this week kind of thing. So I don't really plan too far ahead as much as I used to, which is bad. I, I really got to get back into the habit of planning further ahead. It's, it just makes life easier. Uh, now but, do you start your work week on a Monday morning? Kinda. Um, I release my videos on Sunday, so it's all day Sunday, um, not all day, but occasionally on Sunday, I walk by the computer, I'll check comments and respond and kind of get little brainstorm ideas going for the week. And then Monday morning is when I shoot my vlog for release on Tuesday. And uh, my goal is to, as soon as I'm done shooting the vlog, immediately get going on the project, whether that's finalizing design or gathering materials list or whatever. That's basically when I start on Monday morning. And so. that's on your second channel, J Bates too. Yeah. The vlogs are on uh, J Bates too, which that's, you know, it's a, uh, a little bit more leeway with that particular channel because on the main, the main YouTube channel that I have is all projects and it's, you know, fairly structured release and very, um, directional. You know, I don't want to venture off too far as far as what kind of stuff I put on there. So that was a little bit of a dilemma for me. Um, the idea of starting a second channel for all these things I, I'm kind of interested in. And I opted not to just out of simplicity. Um, but, but then I, I basically talked to everybody in, in um, maybe a vlog style video saying that uh, I know that most people are tuning in for the woodworking. So I try to get that show out on Saturday or Sunday. And that way 
there is some kind of a structure to the channel. And then I feel like the other days I can throw in there uh, whatever it is I'm working on, whether that's you know an art project or uh, an update on the bees or something like that. And um, but uh, I did I did toy with the idea of maybe I should start a second channel. I think some people wish I would because they feel like they might think it's confusing. But um, but I, I think as long as I I put everything out woodworking related on a on that Saturday or Sunday, it's okay. Yeah, I I think I'm with you on that one. Like. I think a lot of the whole uh, VidCon feedback and stuff like that, um, you know, definitely if you have like a massive channel, like a couple million subscribers, then, then there's there's a huge, huge audience there. Um, if I was to do it all over again, though, I think I would just, um, I would opt for not changing as far as like adding another channel or whatever. I probably would have all... Would you ever bring, huh? I'm sorry, would you ever bring your vlog onto your main channel and just put it on a designated day. I thought about that too. And then since my vlog channel is somewhat established in its own right, no, I'm just going to keep it as it, as it is. I hear you. Um, but it's, it's a nice well, kind of a easy outlet to publish everything that I just want to publish personally and not worry about like the repercussions of, of just uh, an established audience for that uh, specific reason of coming for my build videos, you know? Yes, because the the trolls or the haters, so to speak, will kind of zap your uh, your freedom of speech almost. Yeah, uh, that's what I you know I would often get like uh, just shut up and build something already or something like that. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's you know it's funny. I know that some people do. Um, I think Lynn does a Lynn from the Darwin Orver channel does a a vlog on her Patreon and uh, that gives her sort of a I guess a, a free I guess it, it makes her feel as if people are really tuning in they want to hear it and so that way you're less likely to censor yourself right and uh, and uh, that sounds kind of interesting to me actually because I would like to talk but then sometimes I censor myself and think I should shut up already. <laughs> <laughs> I think with your channel, I think you're you're all right because it's not John Peter's woodworking. It's John Peter's art and home. I just got lucky with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, but if, you know, you have it there. It's built into the name, so. Yeah, so cool. Cool. I'll take it. Yeah. And well, speaking of which, uh, Jay and I out on Instagram had posted uh, if anyone had any questions for John and we were talking a little bit about the the filming. And I know I'm going to butcher this name here, but uh, Kavan Enghandi uh, wants to know, uh, what does John enjoy more, making of the art or making of the videos? I, I really like making videos. I wish I would take a little bit more time and become better at editing and understanding music and voiceover and things like that. And um, I think with uh, art and uh, woodworking, it's all about... Um, kind of, uh, um, kind of have to, I, don't, I can't think of this, the right word. You have to sort of, I'm sorry, I'm lost at a word. That's all right. Uh, but the word is, it's like when you have to like restrain, not restrain yourself. What's the word? Like when you have to do something that you don't really want to do. Uh, mow the lawn. <laughs> I love <mowing> <laughs> Oh, you can't. You guys aren't helping me out. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's like it's like something like okay. So say you have to like put uh, a, you have to install door hardware, right? You know it's got to get done, and it's it's going to take patience and it's going to take stictuativeness. Um, Tedious? Uh, no, it's just like the hard work that has to get done. It's it's amazing how one word can sort of sum everything up, and when you can't find it, you just. She's just so lost. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna we're gonna test how well Jake can edit this. I know. <laughs> it's, it's he's gonna it's be good. he's gonna be up all night. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not the it's not patience. It's oh man, sticktuitiveness. No, but it's sticktuitiveness. And I think you guys brought that up in your podcast a, a week yeah. or two ago. You said sticktuitiveness, right? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think you. I think you said it, Nick. And. Um, uh, I use that word from time to time, so I knew exactly what you're t- you you use that in tchotchkes. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's full of uh, uh, funny words. Yeah. Oy vey, right? Oy vey. I, I, you know what? If I had the word, I could really make sense, but I can't make any sense. So you could ask me it again. Maybe I'll do better. I don't know. Okay. What's the word? Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, um, damn it. What is I that always, word? I'm I, looking I, at I my always, phone right now. I always do that when people say, hey, remind me about this. And then I'll just remind them right then and there. Yeah. Duh. What was the question? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and th- this, this one plays off to it a little bit. It, you know, and I should have mentioned this earlier. I'm not sure if we did. But uh, any links for anything for John's website, his YouTube channel, his Instagram, everything will be in the show notes at thewoodworkingpodcast.com. So if you're listening on iTunes or whatnot, go to thewoodworkingpodcast.com and all of John's uh, uh, pedigree will be over there. Not not necessarily his pedigree, but you get what I mean. <laughs> pedigree. That's <laughs> uh, too much. But going into that, the noisemaker wanted to ask John how you got started on your path um, to where you are now. And uh, he'd like to hear how young John influenced his career in art, furniture, and cabinet making, which led to his success on YouTube. Thank you so much, the noisemaker. Okay, so... Uh... When I was in high school, I was a horrible student, and I went. I worked in the work study program. So, as soon as I was seventeen, I drove to a place called the Woodworker. I would leave school at eleven thirty, and I would work there from twelve until six every day of the week, and from eight till uh, one on Saturdays. And so I learned how to do things there. I didn't really enjoy the work though because it was very monotonous and repetitive. Uh, but I learned. I just sort of learned everything, and I had a, a natural aptitude for it. And then I started to do that kind of work myself. And then I saw Wendell Castle. Are you, either of you guys familiar with Wendell Castle? I don't think I've heard the name. It's not ringing a bell. Do a Google search on him. He's an amazing uh, artist, uh, a woodworker. Very uh, just kind of uh, incredible stuff. Anyway, that turned me on to fine woodworking. And I did that for a little while, but I've, I was able to make more money doing uh, cabinet making, built-ins, wine cellars, and things like that. And then when my wife and I got married, we decided to open a, a, an art gallery in 1999 in Red Bank. And we stayed there for about 15 years until we'd started to do most of our business on the internet. And at the same time, I always thought, geez, I would like to have some kind of a show. And at, as I always kind of wanted to do that, it became possible with YouTube and it became possible to uh, learn how to use a camera and 
how to edit video and all these things because of YouTube, because anything I didn't know, I would ask YouTube, and if you could somehow uh, just learn how to phrase the question, you would get the answer. And uh, so it was kind of a slow thing, but uh, in short, I got my first YouTube video was to really just show my family and friends uh, a table that I was making. And I got a, a couple of views on it and a couple of comments. And I think anybody who makes something that they're proud of wants to show it to people. And with YouTube, you can show it to the world. So it was, it's just exciting. And I look forward to every new uh, video release. It's, uh, I, most people know that I'm an artist and I've had art openings. To me, it's, it's more exciting than an art opening because it's just bigger. That's cool. Being able to reach the global audience, basically anybody who has an internet connection, that's, that's very powerful these days. That's so cool. And anybody can do it. They can, and it's, it's so liberating. And uh, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just fun. It's fun to be part of this community. And I think that everybody knows the woodworking community in general is just uh, very down-to-earth. I don't think I've ever met a woodworker who's not uh, kind of a down-to-earth person who's just easy to like and talk to. And you mentioned too, almost just the video documentation of showing people what you're making. That I think that plays a big role because if you are, you know, hired to do a commission piece, or even if you're just making a gift for a friend, you're you're by yourself in your shop, and they just see the finished project. And I've had people that you know, friends and family where I've shown my videos, and they're like, "Wow, I didn't know you could do that." I'm like, well, you've seen stuff I've made before. And it's like, well, you said you made it, but I mean, we didn't, you know, I don't know. I didn't know you took it from like a rough sawn piece of wood to, you know, finished. Sure. Yeah. Nobody understands all the steps that go into yep. uh, making a piece of furniture or a cabinet. Jay, you got anything? I was reading that guy's website. What'd you say? Oh. <laughs> I am sorry. I, said, I looked for that uh, Window Castle collection. Uh, Window Castle. Did you find it, Jay? Yeah, I was. I was just. I just got totally lost into another world looking at his stuff. Pretty I wild, said, huh? I said, Jay, do you want ten thousand dollars? I was going to give it away in a couple seconds. But that, that's all right. <laughs> I'll verify that when I edit this podcast. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, question from Fred McIntyre, one of our uh, Patreon supporters. Appreciate that. Uh, besides Nick, Jay, April, and Lynn's channel, which uh, YouTube channels do you tend to watch the most? I watch. I watch most of the uh, the woodworking guys. Um, Matt Lane. I you know I like. Um, uh, I watched your your show of DIY Tyler Tyler's uh, studio. Yeah, uh, I call it a studio wood shop, I should say. Um, and John Heise, I'm a big fan of John Heise. Am I saying his name right? Heise, I think so. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good. I think he's a. I think he's got a great sense of humor, um, which is, uh, you, you know what what video I really liked was he made a jewelry box, and it was. Uh, a play on the um, Breaking Bad show, and I just thought it was hysterical. You know, just kind of cool, like dry sense of humor. Yeah, he does have a interesting sense of humor. He seems like a really cool, like guy you could just hang out with and drink a beer with. You know, for sure. And just by looking at his T-shirts, I know I like his taste in music. Absolutely, yeah, same here. He's always got the Twenty One Twelve. I love Twenty One Twelve is one of my favorite albums. I, I like I like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll shake it off. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> real quick, completely random thinking. How are the bees doing? 
you're uh you've got you've you've got a couple of beehives yeah i the bees are doing okay and i'm working uh really closely with a professional beekeeper now uh her name is mary and she is um her and her husband uh have had this business for 20 years they have i think like 100 hives wow. and um and they're just they just come over and they kind of work with me and then i show them a few uh things on how to um edit video and things like that and um i make them some i'm making them like a wooden uh crate or some kind of a thing for their for their bees so it's kind of like a little bit of a trade-off thing and it's it's really helpful for me because uh beekeeping has been has turned out to be a hell of a lot harder and a lot more work than i ever thought it would be really oh yeah they're they're just um there's a lot of things that can go wrong. You can get these things called hive beetles and they can infest your hive. You can get these mites that will kill the bees. Um, the bees may not make it through the winter, which mine haven't <laughs> since I started. So uh, it's, um, I just like them though. I, I really like to see the bees sort of flying to and from the, from the hive when I walk to and from the barn. It just looks cool, especially in the, when the sun hits them in a certain way. It's it's like I said it once before. It's kind of like a fish tank. I guess that's a great way to look at it. Um, how much uh, honey have you harvested from them? I think in total, uh, maybe very, very little, somewhere between like twenty and thirty pounds. But uh, friends of mine who started this venture the same time I did, uh, but they went in a more traditional route. Uh, they've gotten a, a couple hundred pounds. Oh wow, man! Yeah. That's nuts. Have you seen that? Um, I don't know the name off the top of my head. It's going to drive me nuts. That uh, I think it was a Kickstarter or GoFundMe beehive. Yes, it's called the Flow Hive. Yes, that's it. It's, it's called the Flow Hive. And um, anybody who I've talked to who's who's like been in, involved with bees doesn't give it much credit. And to be honest with you, I can see a lot of those sort of collecting dust in uh, a garage over really? you know in a, in a year or two because the bees first of all it's really funny in that one video they show the the honey coming out of the hive and everybody's hanging out getting putting honey on their pancakes and things like that if the honey was coming out of the hive the bees would be all over the pancakes i mean the bees are out there they're they're sort of uh you, i'm sure you've seen bees drinking soda yeah. uh, bees just go for sugar all right so if there's honey out uh, the bees are going to be there. So it's not, I can't imagine it's going to be that easy to harvest the honey. Uh, what do I know? But for four easy payments of nineteen ninety five plus shipping think, and processing. I think, <laughs> I think it's like $600 that hive. Ooh, All wow. right. Uh, 18 payments of thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> trust me, you know, I don't want to be a, a naysayer. It does look cool. And, and those guys did come up with something, you know, the way it works, but every uh, hardcore beekeeper that I've talked to has said it, it's basically, um, it's not going to look as clean and work as, as efficient as it's portrayed. Well, what, you know, that's what their assessment is. Well, before we get into any questions, uh, well, I guess we did touch on a couple of them, but, um, some just general woodworking questions. Uh, what are you working on this week? You got anything in the works right now? Yeah, right now I'm working on a lamppost. This is in my backyard. Uh, my wife's been after me to uh, do that for a while, and sounds familiar. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I said that 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 uh, sounds familiar. Wife been after you for a while. 
That's right. That's right. I'm getting some brownie points with this one. <laughs> I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm making it out of the leftover cedar. I had a couple of boards left over from the kitchen, so I'm using cedar. I've built a lamppost a couple of years ago, and I used Azek for that one. Uh, but I didn't want to spend any money, so this was uh, a good use for the leftover boards. I hear you. I'm not wanting to spend money. That's materials. Material costs adds up quite a bit, uh, especially. Well, you if know you... what? My boss, when I was a young guy, when I worked at uh, the woodworker, his number one saying for uh, for business was to keep your overhead low. And uh, he's been in business since 1975, and he's still in business. I saw him the other, I mean, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, yeah, don't spend money if you don't have to. Keep your overhead down. Yep, I agree with that 100%. All right, let's jump into some of our submitted questions, and these are just uh, general woodworking-related. Uh, Todd Ramirez asks, what do you think about impact drills versus non-impact for screwing? I have several impacts but seem to grab the non-impacts lately to reduce noise and still get good results. I haven't used my screw gun to drive a screw since I got an impact gun. The impacts, that was like a, um, like a light bulb moment. Like, holy cow, this works, you know? Uh, now, if noise is a consideration, like you say you're in a basement shop or whatever and you have to uh, kind of try not to annoy the family or, or some situation similar to that, then I can see a traditional drill being, uh, you know, quieter, but as far as performance of driving a screw, there's absolutely uh, no way I would, uh, I would reach for my regular drill having a battery powered impact. They're just so fantastic. They're so nice. You're not going to twist your wrist. Um, there's it's, it's, yeah, it's for me, it was like a light bulb moment too. I, uh, uh, and, and like I said, I, I, I literally don't think I've used a, a I, I wouldn't even use one. I just, I just would never use a screw gun now to, to drive a screw because uh, I don't feel like you have as much control either anymore. I mean, I, you could use the clutch in the screw gun, but uh, I know that some people will comment um, on videos, uh, are you stripping the head or, or is this happening? But it's, it's like anything. If you do it enough, you get a feel for things. And you kind of know when the, the screw is in there and you don't, you don't uh, press the trigger anymore and you don't strip the screw. Yeah, I'm, I'm impact all the way. And a lot of my, well, the theater builds that I do are drywall screws and two by fours. And with a traditional drill, you get that high pitch squealing noise when it goes in at that consistent pace, which is like deafening and annoying. But, uh, and, you know, and then some people, oh, put a, put a little wax on there, put a little, you know, I, I got th literally five, 10,000 screws I need to drive. There's no putting wax on all of those. The, the impact takes a little bit of getting used to as far as, so you don't overdrive it and overstrip it. But with most modern hand drills in a low torque setting, you can continue to drive that screw home as well. But I, I'm, I'm impacts all the way, unless for whatever reason I'm, trying to be very, very precise as far as the exact, I mean, and we're talking a millimeter exact depth on a countersink so that they're all consistent. But I practice makes perfect just like anything else, and the impacts are a really useful tool that I wouldn't give up. Just to, just to touch on that, if I'm doing fine work like hanging a door, um, 
putting screws in a hinge or something like that, then I will maybe drive the screw three quarters of the way with the impact driver and then finish the screw off with a, a handheld screwdriver just for just just for safety reasons. Uh, not safety, but because I don't want to make a mistake. Right. A little bit added added control at the end. But as far exactly, as yeah. as far as screws themselves go, like in a perfect world, I'd never use a Phillips or flathead screw to begin with. Like a square drive or those T twenty five drive screws. Uh, they just they they don't the the bit the driver doesn't jump out nearly as much as it does on a like Phillips or flathead. So in a perfect world, uh, that those are the only screws I would use. Does what's the number two um, square? Is it called a Robertson square, screw? In in Canada, yeah, they're called Robertson. Um, I like the Unidrive that Spax has. Uh, it's a number two square drive, is which I use. And if it's a newer number two square drive you can put the screw on it and it stays, you know, you can horizontal, uh, vertical, you know, pointed down, pointed up, it stays. But then also you can use a number two, uh, Phillips bit as well. All right. Well, another question. This one is from, um, Scott Schneed. He says, I have a craftsman miter saw that the fence is not straight. The current fence is all one piece and it bows in just behind where the blade comes down. Hope that makes sense. Any good ideas on how to build another fence for the miter saw or maybe a temporary fence? My thought is if I attach a board, it will end up cutting into the middle, which will may throw off the squareness. Any thoughts or suggestions are appreciated. I don't well, I know I know John does the wood route, but how is this how is he saying the metal's all one piece well, throughout and then the blade goes through it? The, the the miter saw fence, it's it's got the left side of the fence, the right side of the fence, and on the back there's like a horseshoe connection to connect the two that the blade doesn't touch. Mm. That's my thought. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that Nick was uh, thinking what I was going to say, which is I would just use a sacrificial fence where, where you do cut through the fence, but you can usually adjust the height of your your stop on your saw so you don't cut all the way through. And I don't even do that. I, I just kind of get used to cutting through the molding and not going any further. And because it's a sacrificial fence, I, I replace them whenever I need to. Well, and, and if you're doing that, and John's got videos on that as well, um, but you can shim it. Once you cut through that wooden fence and then check it with a, a long ruler, and if for whatever reason over the length of it there's still a twist because you're just mirroring what your existing you know metal is, and that's what you said there's... Um, shim it, you know, put sure. a washer in there or a shim to, to bring them not only coplanar, but, you know, parallel and everything. And, and with, you know, I don't know, I, that's what would be my suggestion. Yeah. I haven't seen one personally that was not, uh, that was out of line as far as these, the, the factory fence, but yeah, John Peters art and home, go on that YouTube channel and search for, uh, I think it's sacrificial fence for the miter saw something like that anyway go to john's channel and search for miter saw and you'll be able to find that video and if not uh, we will have a link to that video in the show notes for this uh, podcast episode all right next question jeff in oregon asks i've never used wipe on poly what are the benefits of that over a more traditional brush on oil or water-based poly who wants that one i can go ahead you want to go for it nick well, I'll start it because I know I I think you you you'd have a lot to offer as well. Um, I I like wipe on poly because I choose that over spray lacquer in the winter when I can't ventilate. 
you don't have to ventilate wipe on poly you know not not to the you know extent you have to with spray on lacquer and then i like it because it's thinner it's thinned down versus a brushing poly and i think one of the number one mistakes on a brushing poly is people like to overwork it they don't see the self leveling they don't know how it's going to dry and they continue to brush and brush as it starts to skin over and it gets worse and worse i like wipe on poly I um, I also like wipe on poly, and I think something very similar to that is water locks, which is a tongue oil finish, and for the same reasons, it's thinner, and you're putting it on with a rag, so you're not going to get the the brush marks. That being said, I don't think it's nearly as strong as a brush on poly, say for like a a floor finish. So there's a few different things. If I was finishing a light colored wood, I wouldn't use or if I was finishing a dark colored wood like a cherry I wouldn't use a water-based poly because you don't get the same depth uh, and warmth in the wood that's my opinion uh, so for say a kitchen table or a countertop a wooden countertop I would use an oil-based um, an oil-based floor polyurethane and I would apply it with a foam roller and then brush it with the grain and it a trick that a, an old uh, painter friend told me is he sometimes would put the polyurethane in a cooler full of ice to keep it colder, and that would keep it from curing as quickly, just to just so it would lay down a little bit, a little bit more. So, uh, in short, because I have four kids and they they really don't care, <clears throat> excuse me, how much time goes into finishing a top of a table, I use an oil-based polyurethane usually three or four coats, sometimes even five on the top and maybe a little bit less on the apron and things like that. Yeah. I haven't, um, I don't have a tremendous amount of experience with oil-based polyurethane at all. I, I think I've used it on a couple projects. Um, but my main thing is, is cleanup. I, I, I can't stand having to clean up, uh, use chemicals to clean up brushes or rags or anything like that. So I, more, more often than not opt for a water-based finish and, with um with water versus oil based like the water based you know sometimes they tend to they're supposed to dry relatively clear sometimes they kind of cloud up and are a little bit milky whereas in like an oil based finish um can sometimes have like a slight yellow hue to it too so uh take that into consideration for your project as well but as far as durability goes i've got water based poly on my uh miter saw station and also my dining table and assembly table, and there I'm quite surprised at how well that the uh, how durable the finish has been thus far. Let's uh, let's finish up. We got a question here from Wayne Brown. This will be a good one to finish on. Being we have John today as our special guest, and I know uh, Jay is friends with Wayne. Uh, before you started John Peters Art and Home, what was your profession? Well. Uh, as I had mentioned, my wife and I started an art gallery in 1999, and I realized that I could sell my artwork and and do framing, custom framing, and make a better living than I was in woodworking. Uh, we originally were going to sell furniture in the in the gallery, but after about a year or two, we went totally into uh, artwork, specializing in in a certain field. Students of Edwin Dickinson and students of Head. Of, of Hans Hoffman. It's kind of getting deep in the art, guys. Sorry. But anyway, um, so that's what I did. But I love 
to make furniture and I like to build cabinets. I like to build things. I don't like to do just one thing. And as, uh, as technology made it possible, I saw the, the possibility to uh, start working on a kind of a dream, which is to have my own show. And it, this is funny because people have talked about the idea of having a YouTube show versus a TV show. And um, I don't think I would want a TV show because it doesn't seem real. Where a YouTube show, you actually see somebody do something, you see how they do it, and it's not about uh, like a, a soundbite or an excitement moment or something like that, where it's just you're seeing a real person uh, who sets a goal for themselves, and you see them achieve that goal, and it's it's cool, and I wanted to be part of that, and so that's uh, that's what I, I guess that's what I was doing, and now this is what I what I am doing, and my hope for uh, for the channel is just to continue to grow and and to be able to do with my time the things I love to do. Well said. Awesome. Well, we appreciate having you here. I really do because it was it was nice to get um, you know being you're in the art world as well. It's it's nice to get that that opinion as well. Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I listen to your show. I watch your. I listen to your podcast and I watch your channels, and um, and I was honored when you when you uh, sent me that text, Nick. So uh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Take it away, Jay. All right. As always, there's a couple different ways you can stay up to date with the podcast and get notified of any new content. Go to thewoodworkingpodcast.com, and at the top you'll find. Uh, three clickable buttons to subscribe on Android via RSS or on iTunes. If you'd like to contribute, there's a couple of different ways you can do so with the contribute button on the website or going to patreon.com slash the woodworking podcast. Uh, if you are on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We very much appreciate it. Uh, thanks again to John Peters for hanging out with us for an hour or so. And uh, like I said, if you guys haven't already heard of John Peters, then check out John Peters Art and Home on YouTube. There will be links in the article uh, for this particular podcast episode. Until next time, thanks for hanging out with us, and you guys take care. Bye. Thanks, guys. See you.